Hi, beautiful listeners. Anissa here. Welcome to another episode of Stars in My Pocket. In this drama deep dive, Barama and I discuss the excellent 2017 family drama Father is Strange with our friend and special guest, Lollipip. We had a blast laughing and squeeing over the wonderful family and smartly drawn characters at the heart of this unusually thoughtful weekend drama. Just a couple of notes. We recorded this back in February, which is why some of the recent events we refer to are now old news. Also, there were some audio issues on Lollipip's end, which we did our best to minimize, so we do apologize for that in advance. And with that, enjoy the episode! And today we have lovely guest, the amazing Lollipip, joining us to discuss Father's Strange, which we all agree was last year's best family drama. Hello! Hi! (laughs) Okay, (laughs) yeah, I'm very sorry for being hyper. (laughs) So, (laughs) Father's Strange is a family drama, as I said, with an average enough premise, but a far above average execution. I think we can all agree. Mm -hmm. Um... The main premise is that the uh, Lee Jun plays Jung Yi, an idol turned actor, so not a very good one, who finds whom he thinks is the father who abandoned him, except that it is a case of mistaken identity that's going to have serious consequences for both Jung Yi and the family whose life his appearance turns upside down. So, let's share our general thoughts on this. What did you think? Sorry. Um, I don't, I don't watch family dramas very often because I don't have a lot of free time to watch dramas that I'm not, you know, recapping. So, um, but I just kept hearing about this one everywhere. I was hearing about it on drama beans. I was hearing about it on Twitter. I was hearing about it everywhere. Um, so I decided, and I have always, I've been a fan of Lee Jun for a while. So I decided to check it out and I was pretty much hooked about halfway through the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Parma? What did you think of it? I agree. This is one of the uh, few dramas where I didn't have to wait two episodes to decide whether I want to go on with it. I knew within the first 10 minutes that I was going to watch the entire thing. It was just, there was something so uh, magnetic about this family. And they just started with a simple morning. Like, you were watching this father. He, he was, uh, I think, cooking in the shop, right? That's how the drama started. And uh, his wife was sleeping, so he calls her up. It's such a quiet, sort of a, a, a regular morning for them. Then the eldest daughter wakes up and nobody can go to the bathroom because somebody is occupying it and she has to go to uh, a, a sauna to wash her hair. It just, <laughs> everything, that, there was humor there and you could, it, it's, a, it's a family that has certain dysfunctions, but it's, it's a working family. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a work, it, it, all the relationships are functioning as they would in, in real life. So it was just, there was something about it that hooked me pretty much immediately. Yeah, for me, like, I kind of knew I would probably want to watch it just because of the cast, um, especially uh, Liuri and Lee Jun, because I like them so, both so much, and also Jung So Min, which I think she hadn't done a drama in a while when she did this. Um, now she's come back and done another one after this too, but I uh, that was because this is your first life. But yeah, like you guys are right. It's as soon as you watch the first few minutes of the first episode, you're like, oh, this is a real family that I want to spend that I'm willing to spend 50 hours with. You know, which normally with a family drama, you have a lot of characters that you're kind of like, oh, let me just skip these people's scenes. 
to get to like you know the main couple or like the one interesting storyline i don't think i've watched a drama that had such an engaging family like every member of the family since i watched um yeah you, usually you have oh which had uh, the son-in-law uh as one of the brothers right i just recently watched an yes, episode of it that's so true he was in that was one too maybe Rooster, that, yeah. yeah maybe yeah maybe he's the, like the magic component but he maybe, was so good in this maybe. too and, and you know the funny thing is usually with longer dramas you have certain subplots that you skip i have i didn't skip any part of this drama not one minute i didn't have a single character i was so yeah bored about that i would want to like miss their plot I'm not I don't normally fast forward through sections because I always feel like there's somebody's going to say something or do something that I'm going to need to know later. But um there's usually parts where I'm just like, "Oh, this guy or this couple again." And there was never any of that. Yeah. So true. I mean, for me, the only thing is that um the youngest sister in the beginning, yeah. I found her a little bit hard to take and mm-hmm. I did kind of skip some of her parts though not a lot because I'm the same way I'm like obsessive about hearing every line of dialogue because I feel like something somebody's going to say something that's going to matter later and then like I'm not going to know um so I but I was a little bit not that into her storyline in the beginning but even her by the end she becomes so lovable and like she was she, you know she sorry go ahead interesting but then she had on herself so <laughs> she oh, made her, her love line yeah oh my god you were so cute <laughs> He was, he was but his acting it. was pretty rough especially in the beginning. Yeah, but he didn't really need to act, right? The kind of role he had, he just had to look pretty, which he did. That's true. Yeah, he was just like a soccer playing handsome block of wood. <laughs> This is actually the third drama that I've recapped him in. Oh, I mean, really? I mean, not not that I recapped this one. That's not what I meant. I meant it's the uh, I've recapped him in two dramas. Oh. Okay. Uh, and um ah, uh, I'm bad with names. Um I recapped him in um One More Happy Ending where mm-hmm. he was the uh, in the Nuno romance and then also in Entertainer. He was the oh, um okay. was the lead guy of the other K-pop group who kept getting in trouble. And oh, I um I actually felt like I he's improving slowly but he is improving. <laughs> I'm not sure he's ready for his first uh main role coming up. But you know he's with Kim Yoo Jung, who is tends to elevate whoever she's with a bit. That's true. So I'm hoping that'll help. I, so um, yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't actually know most of the cast here. For instance, I haven't seen anything with uh, Jung So Min in it. But uh, and uh, Lee Jun, I think I've only uh, seen that one. Uh, he did a, a woman with a suitcase. I think I recap that earlier. Day. early last oh, year right. and he yeah he was the second lead and he was a well he was wasted there but his adorableness did not go unnoticed so yeah mm. uh, his adorableness never goes unnoticed no no it's just that's true though for the first couple of episodes he, he, he was just really hard to watch here like in this drama because he, he was playing uh Uh, he 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 almost seemed narcissistic in the first few episodes right and um yeah. he really craved attention and he wasn't getting it and he was pouty and he was just a pain in the ass for his manager so it's he's not a generally likable guy so he thought better than he was sorry i said he thought he was better than he was act his acting yeah yeah initially yeah 
But no, on the other hand, he, he seemed to think that he, he had more star power than he actually had. But he, he seemed to also be aware that he was not a good actor. So that was... Yeah, that's true, actually. He kind of has that, like, star disease where he, like, really is full of himself. But he kind of, on some level, understands that he's not actually a good actor. And it's, like, kind of kills him. But he's too proud to admit it in front of anybody, even his manager. Yeah. But, you know, uh, for me, uh, in, in this drama, the main, um, the protagonists, uh, I, I guess, even though there are so many protagonists, if, if you were to look at it that way, uh, mm-hmm. the, the main actors whose uh, thoughts and emotions I was following, probably Ijun, yes, the story really focused on him towards the second half of the uh, drama, but also uh, Lee Yuri's uh, Yun Hyeyeong. Um, she had to be the person who was the, it, whenever the drama got slow, she was the one who was putting me through. And I, I just waited for her to come on screen. She, she lit up my screen. It, it was, it was so much fun mm-hmm. watching her. I don't think she, Absolutely. she made a single false step. The, the way her character was written, it, it stayed consistent from the beginning to the end. I mean, I mean even when she did inexplicable things, it made sense in context after a while. So, yeah, I was, she was awesome. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the real strengths of the whole show in general was that there was never any point where you went, why are they doing that? You, you might go, why are they doing that? I would never do that. But you understood why they were doing it. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job of, um, even though there are so many characters and it's hard to fully flesh out that many characters, but somehow they managed to do it. And I think they also got really lucky with the casting of almost everyone in this show because they were so, they were so uh, perfectly cast and they were able to elevate even like very regular everyday dialogue about like, you know, having to wait in line for the bathroom or like, you know, little daily things like, you know, fighting with each other like the sisters the way they fought with each other but still loved each other or like with their relationship with their parents like they infused it with so much real feeling of actually you could buy these people as a family i think that was really great the chemistry of everybody together and then that the family when they would bring a new person into the family Mm. um like the the oldest brother's wife there was never any like big turning point of when she went from being an outsider to an insider it just kind of naturally happened yeah yeah it was for sure and like there's a lot of um like with family dramas because I, I watch i do watch i think more of them than either of you do maybe i watched you know like, um life is i was like wonderful life a couple of years ago with um kim hae-sun kim hae-sun and um the guy with the dimples what's his name <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one who goes on all those trips with not PD. I can't remember his name right now. I'm sorry. But um, yeah. there was that one that was very like low key and kind of mellow, which was unusual for family drama. And then I also watched like five kids, um, I think 2016. And those were like generally on the better side. But I always find with family dramas that sometimes I have to stop watching them because they're just so they elevate certain conflicts into that stereotypical like evil mother-in-law versus daughter-in-law or like the the birth secret you know like I, that was why i stopped watching um the one with iu and no there was one with iu a few years ago about like uh iu and 
I think she had some oh. kind of, like, she wanted to be an actress, and then she had, like, two moms, and there was a birth secret with her original mom, who was, like, this really famous actress, and then she finds her again. It was just... That's actually one of the only three daily dramas that I've finished. Oh, okay, yeah. For some reason, the title is escaping me, but you know which one that is, right? Um, yes, that's right. That's right. And I find that a lot of times, instead of focusing on the actual real drama of like like everyday life which can be extremely difficult and like fam like dealing with family can be pretty dramatic and you know difficult sometimes but if you just portray it in a realistic way there's enough drama in that to carry your story you don't have to go to like you know extreme circumstances and you know like murder plot lines and you know <laughs> screaming and, and you know like physical fights and which was like where i feel like a lot of these daily dramas and weekend dramas end up kind of going and then it's no longer an interesting story it's just great yeah so they did a really good job of taking daily conflicts that we've faced in our own lives and that we can all relate to but making it really affecting and emotional and, and then there's also this very unrealistic plot line <laughs> that's kind of at the base of everything else so do, why, why don't we talk about that i want to hear your guys' thoughts on that premise on the plot line uh, like the very basic one uh, about the parents because yes. that could take an entire podcast to discuss. <laughs> well, we don't have the whole thing, but <laughs> I think we should definitely talk about it because it's kind of the main. <laughs> okay, so how uh, how convinced were you guys that dad had sufficient reason to uh, take another man's name and live with it for 35 years? I mean, how convincing were his reasons for you guys? I thought that the motivation was convincing. I thought it was uh, interesting that it was mom actually whose idea it was mm. um, and who convinced him to go through with it. Um, I wasn't I wasn't entirely convinced that they were able to pull it off for so long so easily. Um, they sort of glossed over that <laughs> the thirty four yeah. years in the meantime. But I felt like at the time and with the probably the political climate um, in South Korea at the time that. You know, he was facing, he had a wife and a child to support, and he couldn't get, nobody would hire him. Mm. And he was being, you know, arrested for things he didn't even do. Mm. So I can see how it would be very tempting to say, I'm in this perfect position to start my life over again. And, you know, and to at least attempt to go through with it. Yeah, I I kind of... I do agree that it's a little bit stretching the plausibility to uh, to think that no one ever noticed any kind of inconsistencies this whole time. But you're right that the motivation was kind of believable. And also, um, he also he tried to go and confess a bunch of times, but his wife mm -hmm. stopped him. So I wasn't as mad at him uh. as I kind of was at the mom at certain points. But then at the same time, like, it kind of puts all the blame on the mom, which yeah. is kind of they—they're both equally responsible. But I felt like sometimes they're—they're they're making the dad out to be like this really noble, self-sacrificing guy who just, you know, wants to be there for his family, and his wife is like the selfish one. Which I kind of like—it made me hate her a little bit. But then I was also like, why am I hating her? They're both—I don't know—I was a little bit conflicted about that. I felt like she was um, in a situation where she was so helpless, and. She, there was nothing she could do. And this was her thing that she could do to try to change their situation was to convince him to live this way and that she was acting out of, you know, desperation yeah. 
love of a man that knew who was a good man, um, yeah. and who deserved to live the life of a good man. So I could, I could feel that. I felt like she acted out of, um, de- out of desperation, but also out of just wanting the world to know that this was a, that this man was a good man. Mm. I guess my, I guess actually I didn't have an issue with it when the kids were little and, you know, like I understand like they just had a baby and they were young and they were starting out for me. What was more difficult for me to accept was once they saw Joonghee because they also didn't know that Joonghee existed. So they didn't know how much harm that their decision was going to cause. But like once he showed up and they knew that they have to confess at a certain point, like the truth is eventually going to come out. I wasn't, I was that unhappy with the fact that they kept on dragging it on. So, because, you know, like, the kids are all grown up, and sure, it's going to be tough for them, but I just, I couldn't justify it when they were, they were like, yeah, let's, like, let's not tell anyone yet. Let's wait. Let's not tell Joonghee. Like, they could have at least told him and let him make the decision. That was I kind think, of hard for I me think to they made the decision that they made because they were, they didn't know how far it was going to, you know, they right. didn't realize it was a snowball like that. And they didn't realize it was going to become this, like, national issue they didn't know you know at the time they were working with a little known b actor and they didn't realize he was gonna get super famous really fast and all of a sudden their family was going to be in the spotlight um so i felt like they were making the decisions that made sense at the time but they weren't really thinking about how could this what could go wrong they never thought what could you know how could this possibly backfire on a but you know, you know. It, that that doesn't um, even if Asian's uh, character had never uh, gotten big, he had a mom who was alive and he was presumably in touch with the mom. And wouldn't he sooner or later mention to his mom that I found my dad? And wouldn't the mom therefore at least want to be because they are this couple knows that uh, Yansu, the original Yansu, had disappeared without a word, like. Suddenly, he just up and left America and went to Korea and, like, said not another word to his ex-wife and never tried to contact his child. So, maybe the mom would have some questions. It's just, there were a few logical steps that they just didn't make and maybe we can argue that they were deluding themselves. Because the dad had already decided uh, that he wanted to include Junhee uh, in their family and... Like, when he first made that offer to Joonghee, he didn't actually think Joonghee would accept. And even Joonghee didn't think he would accept. So, like, the way they were building up the moment, and I like this, it was kind of, uh, they were being, uh, what do you call that? When you do something and you don't uh, think much before that, uh, not whimsical. Spontaneous? Yeah, spontaneous, but another word for that? Uh, Oh, yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Um... I do agree that was one of my favorite moments when when Jungi said I want to move in with you and Dad was like, Okay and then they both went away and were like, Whoa, I did not Especially and with his with his tortoise Al where he was like, Now we have to move, dang it <laughs> Yeah, he's like in that tiny old nasty building. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Yeah. That whole like Part where he like first moves in and he's like brought all his stuff and they're like glaring at him for like being so spoiled and he's completely oblivious and he like needs his bidet and stuff. And that's about the bidet. He just killed me. Oh my god! <laughs> the breakfast table conversation about the bidet that was amazing. <laughs> that was that was best. I think to go back to the parents, I think they did a really good job with the writing and the aspect of 
you could understand why they were doing what they were doing. I think for me, I just, I was so, I felt so bad for Joongi, especially there's this one scene where he like gets, he tells um, the dad, like, I want to have a drink with you. And then he gets like really drunk and he tells him all the feelings that he'd had growing up, you know, and what it was like to not have a father and with the knowledge that his father abandoned him and that he never once came to see him or called him or cared about him. And like, I was like, maybe you should tell him now, you know, like up until now I could believe like why you wanted to reduce harm, but like, you're not reducing harm anymore. Like you're hurting this kid so much where like his actual dad didn't do that to him. He just died and he couldn't do all of that, you know? I wanted, there was so many times like that where I wanted the dad to say something, either confess or speak as a father and, and speak as to what he thought his friend would have said if he had been confronted with his son that way. And he would just cry and say nothing. And that was really frustrating. That was frustrating. Or he could have at least just said, I didn't know that you existed or something, you know, like just to the, like just to comfort him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was, but, that was but here we have a, 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 a liar who's living a lie, but he's really bad at lying. So that way, <laughs> this is very consistent with this character. But you know, I disagree. I don't think him not saying anything at that moment, I know it, it's bad, like from an ethical point of view, it was bad. But um, the the harm that uh, Hansel and his wife had already done to uh, this boy was not going to change. But the, uh, but Junhi still had a lot of anger to work through. And that month or two months, I think, or three months he lived in that house uh, before finding out the truth, those three months let him work that anger out. He had a person he could take that out on. And... I think if Hansu hadn't done that, if he had just met Junghee and told him the truth, then Junghee would have had all that anger at being abandoned and then the anger would have gone nowhere because he would have suddenly found out that his father had died 35 years ago. I'm sorry, what, 20 years ago? And yeah, 35 years ago, right? And, um, yeah. and, and, and that, you know, the, he had no reason to actually be angry because his father hadn't abandoned him. It just, it, all that anger would have gone anywhere. It would have just, just settled in his chest and, not he would have not had closure, I think. But th- these two months, I, I agree that it wasn't. Maybe if you think of, if I think about it from the angle of not so much that Jung he needed to hear something, but he just needed to say yeah. what he mm-hmm. wanted to say for his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Hansu, uh, like Fei Hansu, was really good. Um, I don't know, uh, uh, what do you want, a punching bag. He, he was a good punching bag. And he allowed Junhee to punch him as much as he needed to. So, uh, yeah, like overall, the healthiest thing he could have done after all the damage he had already done. Maybe. I, I guess, yeah, when you express it that way, I can see it from that point of view. I think I'm just one of those people who is like obsessed with always having everybody put what they feel out on the table. Because I'm one of those like hard on my sleeve. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, let's talk about it. Because ignoring the issue doesn't go away. Like that's just my personality. So when I see people in dramas that just don't talk, and I'm like, just have a conversation. Things will work out so much better. I agree. Always my instinct. But I think in this particular case, it's just the characters who were involved. 
like Yang Su is not a person who talks it out. He's not a very frank man. He yeah, keeps things yeah. suppressed. That's yeah. just part of his character. So for him to have lived that life for so long and then suddenly come and blurt it out when he also has, you know, the pressure of having his entire family see him in a certain way and know that that would change the moment the truth came out. It just he's not the kind of man who could have dealt with it in a straightforward manner. We've also seen instances in, in the beginning of the drama where. Uh, he and Yongshil, uh, uh, right, his wife, they were walking yeah. down the street and uh, he sees a man and he suddenly becomes quiet and withdrawn and she asks him, does this still happen to you? Like He still has like PTSD from, from his time long ago. This guy is yes. not going to be someone who's upfront about any issue. His survival depended on keeping his mouth shut for 35 years. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and on also on kind of being a hermit from society, he just like stays in his, um, you know, his shop behind the counter cooking and taking care of his kids and his wife and like because he doesn't really want to take the chance of anyone recognizing him or remembering him or, you know, so that's true. He's kind of just been protecting himself like a turtle, like Al. What did you guys think about the parents having done what they have done, taking the moral high ground when it came to issues with their kids? Because that really bugged me. Oh, yes. That drove me nuts. I have to agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, like when um, the oldest son's wife shows up, and and they're like, you got pregnant before marriage? And at first I was like, okay, these are just very traditional parents who are shocked. And then you find out later that not only did they also get pregnant before marriage, they stole somebody's identity. And also, <laughs> they gave their children fake last names. Can, can I point like, this out? They never got married. Like, not until, like, the last episode. Yangsu and Yangsu oh, were not, never legally married because Yangsu had a false identity. So technically... All of the kids were before marriage. So, yeah. On the other hand, I can kind of understand it because I have a very close-knit family. My parents are very, still very involved in what goes on with my life and my sister's life. And, um, you know, they tell us all the time, don't make my mistakes. They're, they're telling you, I made this mistake and I regret it. And I don't want you to make the same mistake I did. So maybe that's the angle they were coming from. But for them, like for their kids, they had always presented this very perfect picture of how they got together, and like True. they didn't. Their kids didn't know that they had, that the oldest son had been conceived before they, you know, quote unquote, got married. At least in the eyes of the world. So if they had admitted that and been like, yeah, when we got married, your your brother was only seven months old, but you know, like, but they were they had this like perfect family charade because it was part of their whole act that they had to play out and that was one of the things it's like they, they just wanted everything to be smooth and for nothing to really stick out because then they might get noticed and people might start talking and then that would create more of an issue for them so yeah that bugged me <laughs> yeah no i have to agree with that let's talk about the cohabitation thing please because um yeah that that was fun <laughs> oh Junghee living with them you mean <laughs> yeah that was awesome and also, in every way. Because um, when he first started living with them, and he was still treating Myung as his manager in their house, the way her, the rest of the siblings would turn on him, it would be like, she's not at work right now. I really loved, I, it's just that every single scene added onto their dynamics, right? 
and that that was yeah. the first scene like after he came in and they were all sitting together at the table that i realized that this is that this family is actually really close knit every time uh, mm. they had an uh, a, a force from outside coming into quote unquote attack the family the the members of the family would show how much they care about each other like through arguments or other stuff but they would be there for each other like any time a storm came everybody would just drop everything and come back to the house to make sure that everybody else was okay so i just loved how the mom would just send out a text and be like tonight family meeting and they would just all show up no matter what else was happening yeah, yeah. that was great there are so many great little details like that where we which we don't normally get in family dramas where you know, like when something happens, all the sisters would go into the one sister's bedroom and they would have like a little mini conference. Like I totally do that with my sister. Like sometimes we just go in a corner and close the door and like, okay, what's going on? Like, what are we going to, you know, like, and I don't normally see that in family dramas. Everybody just has their own separate plot line. The siblings don't really interact that much because they're too busy with their romantic drama. And I just find that's very unrealistic. So I love that. Yeah. And like, um, how about the how about the fact that siblings couldn't seem to keep each other's secrets not for more than five minutes? I mean, I think that's pretty realistic, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hear more about my sister, my little sister, through my mother than I do through my. <laughs> and we all three of us live on the same street. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really realistic. It is. It's and it's also that thing of like it's really. I don't know about you guys, but I really have a really hard time keeping anything from my mom. Moms yes. just have this way of finding out whether you want them to or not. So you just at one point you're just like, it's a losing battle. I'm just going to give up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can we talk about Leary's character? Because I loved her so much. Yeah. And I, think- I actually first. I felt like I'm the oldest sister um, in part of my family it's a weird dynamic but um I have a younger sister and maybe I just saw a lot of myself in her um the bossiness and the I know what's best and just listen to what I'm telling you all of that that she did with her younger siblings Mm -hmm. um she was really um not arrogant that's not what I mean but just her very she just really stood very firm in her rightness and she knew she but then the more you get to know her, you realize that, that that she's not being arrogant. She's not being, you know, uh, a bossy big sister. She just, that's just her personality, first of all. But she also, most of the time, is really actually right. Yeah. <clears throat> and you, and. Confident enough to tell everybody that she knows that she's right and not to back down. And I just, I love that about her. Yeah. And, and. I did also find that a little bit off-putting at the beginning because she did seem very, a little bit conceited and kind of, and like she kind of steamrolls over other people's words sometimes, although this gets better as the drama goes along. But when you also find out about like how tough things were when they were growing up and how she, you know, she was so smart and even though like they're, they're very poor and they didn't really have any, there was no support from her at home. Like academically, she, you know, she got, you know, really good grades. She got all of her own like scholarship money to go to a really good school. Like, and so like you can see why she's had to become so tough um, in order to be successful, especially as a woman. And it's just like, you just really admire her and you, and you realize that like all her siblings look up to her. Even her older brother looks up to her, even though he's supposed to be the oldest, but he's kind of, 
I mean, poor guy, he's kind of the loser in the family. So she's had to kind of take on that oldest sibling role, and she does it really well. It, it was interesting because I felt like I was judging her from a Western viewpoint at first. And so then when I thought about it, like you said, she she had to put herself through school. She is, is living in a society and in a profession where if you show the slightest bit of weakness, you're just going to get torn to pieces. Yeah. So she just has learned not to show weakness. But she doesn't ever use it against people. Was what That was when I finally started liking her was when I realized that she never uses that against people. She doesn't manipulate people. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a little bit, bit later with her mother-in-law, but she does it for a good purpose. She has, yeah, and, she has intentions. And yeah, and she doesn't do it to people who are in a... Sorry, go ahead. I'm saying that even if she does it to her mother-in-law, she's pretty frank about it. Like, it's not like she's transparent about it. Her mother-in-law can actually work out exactly where she's being played, but the lady just doesn't. And it's not like she's deceiving her, she's just using her own rules against her, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, like, um, she doesn't, Han doesn't use that kind of technique on people who are in a position of weakness relative to her. She only does it to somebody who's trying to take advantage of her or, like, somebody who's in a higher position and she's the one at the disadvantage. So I, I can admire that. You know, like, she's punching up. She's not punching down. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. And I loved how she brought her whole... Um, her professional expertise into her marriage negotiations. <laughs> that was amazing. That was beautifully done. And I've never been more interested in watching uh, a legal scene unfold in a drama. That was like when she was discussing all the points with her in-laws about what their boundaries should be and stuff. That was that was scintillating, and I was not expecting that. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was hilarious. And, like, I've also never been this invested or interested in, like, one of those storylines of, like, they used to love each other back in the day, and then they met again, and they reunited, they hate each other, and then they slowly fall in love again. Like, it's such a played out, I mean, at least to me, I don't find that dynamic very interesting, because, you know, they're just going to, like, face the same relationship problems that they did in the past, and they're going to have to work over it again, and they're going to have the same arguments. But, like, they did it in such a smart and good way, and these two were so... Good together. Oh my god, yeah. I was actually a little bit worried when they first started treating the marriage as like a contract and like a test almost. And I thought, oh, this is going to be bad because they're taking all the emotion out of it. But they somehow managed to stay um, emotionally connected, but yet still be like, oh, hey, you broke a rule or I broke a rule. Mm, you know, yeah. and they didn't let it, they didn't let it, um, alter their the way they felt about each other they didn't make it, it was a, really smart. yeah and it was a really smart way of doing a contract relationship because the, usually the setup that we're used to is it's two people who don't have any feelings for each other or if they do they're hiding them um who are kind of forced into this situation into this contract relationship or marriage um and they slowly fall in love with each other but they don't want to tell the other person that what they feel is real but in this one they knew that they had feelings for each other and that wasn't even Heyang's issue, she was like, I don't trust this institution of marriage because it hasn't historically been good for women. And he can't really argue with her because it's kind of true, you know, especially yeah. in that, and, you know, when she shows him like examples in their culture, he's like, yeah, that's what, what's he going to say? And like, who's ever going to like win an argument against Heyang? Uh, so because she had with how much he respected her feelings and her opinions and her expertise. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh my god, every yeah. time she got a win, like she would argue with someone and win, he had the proudest smile on his face. That was adorable. It's so great because there's all this like toxic conventional quote-unquote wisdom of like how like men don't like smart women yeah. or men don't like women who can speak for themselves or have like you know who are outspoken and it's just so refreshing to see them on screen and be like, yes, there are couples like this. And there are like actually men out there who will respect you for being smart and maybe a little bit bossy, <laughs> but I yeah, think he's, he's okay whenever, with it. whenever she would out argue him, you would just could watch on his face him falling even deeper in love with her. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, he did it so well. Yeah, that was that was really great. Any other characters that you guys really enjoyed or hated? I uh, sort of connected to what we were just talking about. I love watching the mother-in-law fall in love with Lily's character. <laughs> like, that uh, is true. Uh, yes. What was what was her name? Um, the actress uh, Song Song of Suk, right? Right, Song of Suk. Uh, yeah. I forget her name in the drama though. What what was it? Uh, Obokyo. Obokyo. I loved watching her fall because it was just like everything that she was worried about that her daughter-in-law was going to be too confrontational, her daughter-in-law was going to not listen to her and stuff. It was kind of true, but on the other hand, her daughter-in-law did like way more than she had. She probably could have expected from like uh, Heya's character was very dutiful. Like when it came to all the things she thought that her daughter-in-law needed to do. For her mother-in-law, she did all of those things. It's just that yeah. she would not be, uh, uh, she would not. What, what what is that term? Pushed over, rolled over, walked over. Yeah, yeah. She didn't just um, allow her mother-in-law to just take over her will and order her around the way that a lot of mother-in-laws desire, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> so. But given how. Uh, the mother-in-law and father-in-law's marriage thing was going and how much, you know, her, her son and daughter-in-law, uh, the part they played in bringing them back together, it, I guess she was, it just it was fun watching her realize that, hey, there are benefits to having a smart lawyer as a daughter-in-law. It was just, that was lovely. Um, I liked that Hans answer to the in-laws issue of not getting along with the in-laws was not to just get away from them, but to just bring them back together and give them something else to think about besides her own marriage. I also really liked how um, most uh, family dramas are very, they kind of reinforce the traditional values. They reinforce the traditional family structure. Sometimes some of them are kind of go outside of that, but it's interesting how like a lot of the characters, a lot of the female characters were either subtly or overtly pushing back against patriarchy in different ways, but that didn't mean that they all had to live the same kind of life. And I really liked that. And even with, with this, you know, daughter-in-law and mother-in-law relationship, like once they kind of were on the same page, I loved how Heyang was like, you know, you shouldn't put up with this kind of treatment from your husband. Like you don't have to put up with it. You can, you can change the dynamic, this like unhealthy dynamic that you've had going on for all these years. Whereas before he was just like, I made all the money, even though, like, his wife did so much for him. And maybe she was a little bit, like, not very intelligent. But he looked down on her, and he kind of treated her like garbage. And I liked how she kind of regained her confidence and regained her kind of will to be her own person. And it was through Hae Young's kind of help that she did that. I really liked that. Yeah. 
the show had a lot of great, I liked how, even though it was called Father is Strange and it was about Jung Hee's story, but it was really very, other than that, it was really very female centric. Yeah, it was. The women were the ones making things happen. Hmm. Sure. Like all the women cast here from the uh, main, like the main three in the family, no, main four in the family, to the mother-in-law of uh, Obok Nyo and the new daughter-in-law, Kim Yuju. They were all they, they were all plot movers. They they were taking the story forward. And it was their story more than uh Jung Hee's, like you said. Which brings me to Kim Yuju. I I loved her character. I, I loved that when she was first introduced, I thought she was just going to be this bully supporting character that uh uh Myung has to overcome to sort of gain her working woman confidence or something. And then she uh starts dating the brother and at that point I was like, oh, so she's like the vampish, evil, I don't know, girlfriend that who has to, Yun Young will have to like somehow get her brother out of her clutches. But no, the drama didn't go that way. <laughs> she became her sister-in-law. And then these two had, oh, um, I really liked how they managed the whole bully and victim relationship. That, um, Yoon Myung didn't want to confront uh, Kim Yoo initially, but then when she did, Kim Yoo apologized because she loved her brother so much and not because she actually felt apologetic. It was almost towards the end of the drama when she finally realized what she had done to Yoon Myung and then apologized sincerely. It was when she saw the other mean girls from school treating uh, Mi Young that way yeah. that she realized, wow, that is really ugly and I'm the one that, and I was the worst one. Mm-hmm. And that was when she had that turnaround and was like, wow, I really do need to look at, at uh, the way I've been. I was actually mad at the beginning, at, at not at the character, but I'm a big fan of uh, Imido mm-hmm. as a character actor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, great, now we're going to get just the typical mean girl. And I felt like it was a waste of her actor acting talent. And um, so it was, it was really neat to see by the end of the show, like how how really well she handled her character uh, growth and how much she changed without it ever feeling like just a, a, just an abrupt, like didn't make any sense. It always, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. It never got preachy. No. Yeah. They did such a great job with her arc. And like you, yeah, I agree with you. Lollipip it did feel like she was a little bit wasted in the beginning, but now after we've seen the whole drama and what kind of journey she had to take, that was a really great casting choice. I think she did it a great job in choosing her, liked, and she always is so good. And I also like that her uh, the other conflict that she faced in the workplace that was really realistic. Initially, I was like, wait, why is she taking every like single mention of her being pregnant to heart like this? And uh, then mm-hmm. I was speaking to a friend of mine who does work in the fashion industry, and she was like, there's good reason for this because. You you do have to like carry weight a lot. You have to move around a lot. There's just a lot of physical uh, effort that goes into this job, and people do look at you like you're you're a fragile being if you get pregnant in this stage, and that can have a serious uh, you know uh, have serious consequences on your career. So uh, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and added to that, yeah, and added to that, if you look at you know the statistics for women who like a lot of women in Korea they just quit their jobs after they get married or they quit after they get pregnant and they never go back there's 
it's it's bad. I think everywhere in 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 the working corporate world, I think it's bad everywhere. But if you look at the statistics, they're particularly bad in South Korea. So yeah, you can definitely understand. And I was also surprised at how many dramas when they are showing you the interview process, they the interviewers in Korean dramas, it, the interviewers always ask, "Do you plan on getting married? Do you have a boyfriend?" As if that has any relevance to your job. But they are asking that to see how long would you would you actually be working for this company? If you're planning on getting married in the next five years, maybe that's how long you're going to be working. So they actually yeah. take that into consideration when they are, you know, thinking of giving you a job. So yeah. Yeah. Whereas I mean, here I'm sure people do that too, but you're not actually allowed to ask those questions in interviews. I don't think. We haven't talked about Miyoung at all, hardly. She's a hard yes. character to talk about, I think, because. It was very, and it's very strange for me because I'm used to seeing Jung Summon in kind of like spunky, kind of um, like more outspoken characters. Mm-hmm. And so it was really interesting to me to see her in this and being so quiet and almost mouthy. Um, not, and not, uh, it made sense considering her two sisters, but um, <laughs> I kept expecting her to change and become more outgoing and she really didn't. And I, and I actually thought that was a good thing. Because not everybody has to totally change their personality, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and, um, and you could see that it was something that she re- like. They didn't just make her into a a personality type that was like a stereotype. They gave her a real personality, and you could see how who she was and her and her past and how like all the things that she had gone through had shaped her into that person. But also that you know how she struggled with the fact that it was hard for her to speak up and it was hard for her to face the people that, you know, said horrible things to her and like she she was able to kind of overcome that but still remain who she was and true to herself. That was I agree I think really that's nice. what was interesting about her for me is that we're so used to in Korean dramas seeing people they they are a certain way and then they face the challenges and they change and then they conquer those challenges because they change. And Mia was the other way around. She handled her challenges within the the boundaries of her own personality she didn't she wasn't willing to change who she was um in order to win you know she she was she stayed true to herself and i thought that was really interesting i thought it was really telling when she um suddenly had you know she was she was in a position in school of being submissive to you do and then she ends up in the workplace in the exact same position, only worse because now me now you choose her boss almost. Yeah. And and then she all of a sudden got a little bit of authority when she found out that, that Yuju was going to be the new member of her family. And she had a little bit of say in what happened. You know, she could have said, No, I don't agree with you joining my family and she could have told on Yuju to her brother. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting that um enacted the change that she needed for herself by using that information to sort of guide Yuju into at least if not changing, at least if you're going to be in my house, you're going to act different. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that takes a lot of strength and you could even say that it takes more strength to do that than to just have one big confrontation and just tell everything. Whereas now she's had, she had to like, see her every day and live with her every day and give her the respect that was required of an older sister-in-law, you know, like, but she was willing to do that because she wanted her brother to be happy. And so she, her thing was like, as long as you sincerely love my brother and he's going to be happy with you and you can 
you know, treat our family with the respect that they deserve. Like whatever we had between us, like I'm willing to let that go, which I was, that was, that, that takes a lot of strength in character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As uh, perfect as the uh, stories, like as deep as they were, uh, as deep as the writing has been, there were certain moments in this drama that were uh, pretty ridiculous uh, plot devices, I guess. Uh, do you guys remember that uh, uh, that scene where um, uh, Jong Hee was kind of uh, asked to kiss Miyoung, or was Miyoung? Oh yeah, Miyoung was asked to kiss Jong Hee so he could have like lipstick marks on his face. Oh my god! <laughs> that 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 was, and the director was standing like two feet away from them watching. That that was so uncomfortable to watch. Tell a funny, a quick funny story though. I have had that happen to me because I used to be an actor, and what? I was in that situation. I was in that situation where I was acting opposite a guy that I liked, and we had to do a scene where it was a little bit different. We had to do a scene where we were, it was supposed to be like a kissing scene, but the lights would go out, and then I had to real quick kiss him on his face in a few different places before the lights came up um, oh, on so stage. And uh, and yeah, we um we ended up dating for about a year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that is actually something that happens. <laughs> I personally didn't find the plot line of that situation arising in the inter- entertainment industry weird because I can imagine that, that could happen. But like, I was not on board with the fact that it happened before either of them knew that they were not related to each other. And I feel like it would have had so much more tension and it would have been an interesting and also less yucky if they also knew and they were still keeping the secret and then it happened. Whereas instead we have them like, basically they're kissing each other on the mouth and both of them are like, oh my God, I've had feelings for my half brother, my half sister, like I'm sick and I'm a freak. Like I was like, oh, why are you torturing these two people for no reason? You can't really have a love line without them having feelings for each other before they know that they're not really related. I guess, but I kind of wish that they hadn't kissed before they knew that they weren't related. Yeah, that was a waste of kiss that day. Part went a little bit long. I would have liked for them to find a little bit early. Also, and this is one of the inconsistencies in the show that I felt that I felt like was missed was that at one point when, um, when the director of the company is asking, uh, Junhee, it's either the first or the second time he asks him, you like her, don't you? You like your manager. And he says, no, she's my sister. No, but really, she's actually my actual sister. Um, and then later on, that same director is, like, pushing them together for the sake of the variety show they were doing. Mm-hmm. At that point, nobody had ever told him that it wasn't Junhee's real sister. Like, Junhee and, and Myung knew at that point, but nobody told the director, so I felt like it was really strange for him to be pushing the love line uh, when, as far as he knew, nobody ever told him that she wasn't his sister. Yeah. I don't remember this part, because yeah. I watched it while it was airing, but, yeah, that, the whole thing of, like, who knew what secrets and what was going on, sometimes it got a little bit confusing. No, I don't think the director knew that she was his sister, because I think they were all, it, it was more of a sort of general saying, not, like, my real sister, I don't think they actually took his word for it because everybody thought he was a single child. 
because he said, she's my dung thing. And the director said, yeah, yeah, she's, you know, she's younger than you. Of course, she's your dung thing. And he's like, no, she's my actual sister. No, I, I remember that. But I don't think he still took him seriously. Because there was no, like, they didn't linger on the director's face or something. They just stuck to another scene. So I don't oh, think so you the, think he didn't actually believe him? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he believed him. I think oh, he just thought he was okay. just saying it. So because this director has been used several times to bring these two together. And yeah, so... I thought that it was because he did believe him and he thought since they're siblings, it won't cause any scandals for them to be hanging around together. And it's like an easy way to, to get rid of the rumors and stuff. That's what I thought. But he was putting an actual, an actual love line for the variety show because they, because the ratings weren't good and he was, they were trying to raise the ratings. So at least he was wanting the audience to believe that they actually had romantic feelings for each other. Okay, but you're talking about like the mo- like the drama movie director who was pushing for the variety show, but it was actually the one who he confessed to that this is my sister was actually his boss, like the director of his company. Right. So it's a different person who's doing each thing. But they did have a fight about it. Yes, originally he was fighting with the director of the variety show, but um, and the drama. Mm-hmm. But then later he and his he and his the company director had a fight about it, and the company director was saying, "Why couldn't you just go along with it?" Oh right, okay. Just gone along with it. You punched him. You why didn't you just go along with it? Yeah, but I mean, from his perspective, it's all about reducing the bad media coverage. He doesn't seem to care too much about anything else. So, like incest would be a pretty bad media coverage. I just felt like it was (laughs) just the fact that we're that we're kind of arguing over the different perspectives of it shows that it was not um, that that whole thing wasn't written very clearly. Yeah. It wasn't clear, you're right. Yeah, it was no, kind of... What the writer really focused on was giving us lots of angst from Joey. And Joey did angst really well. I felt so bad for the guy. It was just... He was traumatized and I was traumatized for him. It was really sad. Yeah, I kind of... I was also, like, resentful on his behalf. And I think this is also part of the reason why I was mad that it took so long for the parents to tell him. is because, like... I mean, they didn't know, but I was just watching him suffer and, like, be in love with his sister and, like, try to, like, go to the psychiatrist and, like, put his bad thoughts and locked up in this little box, poor thing. And, like, I was just like, you don't have to suffer so much for so long. Somebody would just tell you the truth, poor guy. But I appreciated that he didn't keep uh, Niang in the dark for too long. Like, the moment he realized that she was going through the same thought process that he was, he came, came clean, and that was, like, one of the better moments. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I love That's that. True. He asked her to wait, but he didn't, like, not tell her and ask her to wait. He was like, he's not actually my father, but just give me some time. So at least she kind of had that information to sit with, so she couldn't, yeah. so she didn't feel like a monster. Yeah, she, she yeah. hadn't reached the need to find a psychiatrist right now level yet, so, yeah. Yeah. Those two were cute together, but, like... They were very cute. Um, I was, I kind of wish I had, I went into, I started the show already knowing that they were dating in real life, and they I kind of wish I hadn't known that. They were already dating, I thought they started dating after the show. No, but but Lollipip started the show much later, right? Just like I didn't start, I didn't start watching the show until January. Ah, oh, so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a different angle because I remember when I found out and I was like, oh my gosh, so exciting! I know, like that's how I felt. Flower Boy Ramen Shop was my very first drama, and then found out later that they were that she was dating Filler in real life, and that was such a fun you know, realization. 
Yeah, and then they got married, and they were so cute. I know. I know. I love them. Yeah. So what did you think about the ending and the way they wrapped up the whole, like, exposure of the secret and the redemption of the parents oh and how God, everybody kind of... There was so much wish fulfillment there. It was just... <laughs> It's just all candies and lorems and stars and yeah. I don't have any complaints with how they wrap things up. Um, I have complaints that they waited the last two episodes. You had 52 episodes. I felt like I felt it was really un- unrealistic to expect that we handled the uh, identity theft um, trial and then also the murder trial, like in the space of apparently what. Like, yeah, that was kind of it was it was rushed, and they it's not like they didn't have time. Yeah, they, they had plenty of time. time. They should have started that sooner. They should have yeah. they should have shortened up the does he know the truth? Told him sooner. Started that whole uh, um, you know, everybody finding out about the truth about the family. Okay, kind of a whole. Yeah, and I think that there was also, like, a really long stretch where, like, the parents knew, and they had told Joonghee, and Joonghee knew, um, but then they were like, just give us some time before we tell the kids. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was stretched out a bit long, and then, like, Young found out, and then even after she found out, there was, like, a long stretch of time before the other kids found out, and I was just like, you could have squeezed this a little bit shorter, you know, and spent that time on, like, the court case and the police stuff and, the, you know, the murder and all that. Yeah, I, I thought if, if they had chosen to do that, most people would have complained a lot because they prefer watching these emotional sort of tossing and turning moments more than court proceedings and, you know, dealing with the police and all of that stuff. I, I think they just but, put it in one episode pretty much because they wanted to show the, you know, how each character dealt with this revelation. Like, all of the kids dealt with it differently. They could have dealt with it differently at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing that they managed to wrap it up without major, like, serious inconsistencies in the space of two or three episodes. Like, it's kind of amazing that they managed not to make some huge mistakes because they did rush it so badly at the end. I think that was also because they extended it by two episodes um, and because it was getting such good ratings. And I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's pretty obvious that the mother's cancer storyline was what they chose to fill those extra two episodes with. Yeah. But then, like, that took up so much emotional time and space um, and, and just, like, plot space. But they couldn't just, like, gloss over that because, like, she almost died. So then they had to kind of pu- push the legal stuff kind of into a shorter amount of time at the end, I think. Why did they suddenly put that in there? Because they got a two-episode extension. I think that's why they added that. I don't think they would have had that to begin with. I just think they had plenty of other things that they could have focused on that were not brand-new plot lines. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That, yeah. that cancer plot line was totally... It, it's like, hey, it's a weekend drama. How can we not have a cancer plot line? Put one in. Yeah, that was the one like <laughs> disappointing return to tropes for the family drama that was not... I mean, I, I like that the fact that she didn't actually die and it, it led to more like yeah. forgiveness and healing. But at the same time, like... She didn't have cancer. She didn't even yeah. have cancer. Oh, yeah, she, just, really? she had a tumor, but yeah. Yeah, sorry, it was a non-malignant tumor that she had to go to the hospital and get surgery for it, but like, still. I, I guess it was a kind of subversion, hey, you were expecting cancer, but we just gave you a tumor instead, and she's not dying. 
Yeah. Like, couldn't they have given her appendicitis or something? Like, <laughs> she still had to go get surgery, but it doesn't have these, like, overtones of, like, possible death. And, you know, <laughs> I just, yeah, it was... Because even if she had appendicitis or something, they still could have... Because um, there's a... She heals her relationship with, I think, Yuchu? Or, like, there's something that happens. That, there's an encounter at the hospital. It's been a while. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. So the Yuchu thing was she was the only one who knew about the surgery. Uh, she, the mom didn't tell her family. She just said, I'm going on a holiday with my friends. Because at that time, okay, the trial was, so was about to happen. Yeah, so she didn't want... Like, I think her surgery happened a day or two before the trial date. So she was like, I don't want to make anyone tense, so I'm just going to pretend that I'm going on a holiday, have the surgery, and then come back. And I was uh, more mad at that, to be honest. The fact that she didn't tell anyone. Yeah, and, and I, I was, expected I was, them to not find out. And also put the burden on Yuju to lie to her family, because that if Yuju had continued to lie, everybody would have just hated her for not telling them. Yeah, exactly. And they wouldn't have forgiven her the way they would have forgiven her like, like one of the kids, because yeah. she's an outsider. Exactly. I mean, they would have been fine with mom. Mom went for, for a surgery, but they would have been like, you outsider, traitor person, we'll never trust you again. So, yeah. yeah that, that was, was unfair. Yeah. They had quite a few moments, like the parents, they were not, like, they brought up really good kids. Here's the thing, these two, somehow they managed to bring up kids who were grounded, intelligent, and good of heart, but they were not very good people themselves, the parents, if you think about it. Yeah, that was one of my issues as well. And I think it's why I had higher expectations from them on certain, like, ethical questions where, like, I might have been more willing to let it go in another drama where I was like, you raised your kids with so many, like, good, high moral principles. And you can tell because in the beginning, they have a lot of these types of conversations where they're like, and, and even like Heyang, she says like, you know, I respected you so much to her mother. Like you taught me all these things. And so then I was like, it seems weird that they would still have this. I don't know. I didn't completely buy it hundred percent. Yeah. So they didn't actually show us much of the consequences, the actual fallout. Like think about it. One of the major things that never got touched upon and that kind of bothered me was Everyone, like everyone in the country, apparently knew about uh, Jumhi's relationship with his family, right? The entire yeah. court case was being played out in the open. Now, no matter that he's not actually related to uh, Mi Young's character, the moment it gets out that he's dating Mi Young, that would that would be a huge scandal, regardless of the fact like he was living in that family, believing that she was his sister. That in and of right. itself is a taboo. You thought she was your sister and now you're dating her? What does that mean? How sick can you be? That's an inevitable gossip headline. Yeah, and not only is did he think that she was her sister, she also turned out to be, like, the daughter of the man who, like, you know, it took on his father's yeah. identity. Yeah. Which already people were, like, was very strange that they pitched way bigger of a fit over... Uh, hey Young marrying someone whose mom they didn't care for. Yeah. Then the fact that, that these two people lived together for months thinking that they were blood related. Yeah, that was kind of, that was yeah, strange. And, and, and the parents were perfectly fine. Oh, huh, this is happening. I feel like that was less, um, like what they thought the characters would do and more a decision from the writers that like, we already have so much angst going on in the plot line right yeah. now. But like, if we add this extra angst on, 
it's going to be yeah, like but nobody, too overwhelming. Nobody found it weird. Like not one family member went like, wait, didn't you guys just spend the last three months thinking you were siblings? Seriously, right now you want to start dating? What? <laughs> not one person. Well, I'm not saying that it makes sense. I'm just saying that that was probably the thought process behind doing that from the writing perspective. But another argument for why they should have wrapped up the faux thing uh, sooner. Because yeah, then they could have, then they could have explored that a little bit more. Because I was kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. And then they it, waited way too long to start their storyline, yeah. like in earnest. You know, like their actual like, because they they they're kind of um, like friendship and getting to know each other, and then it kind of like stalled for a long time while all this other stuff was happening. Yeah. And then once all this stuff started to really get in high gear with him finding out who's what happened to his real father and the you know, the confessing and the guilt and all the screaming and stuff. Then they started this romance plotline. I was oh, like, I, I, I can tell you exactly when the romance plotline finally took off again. It was episode 42. Okay. <laughs> Till then, it had gone on. Oh my God. On ice. <laughs> yeah, like, this should have happened around episode 30. Also, because we were talking about the ending, um, how many fairy tale endings could they give these characters? Just think about it. Ryan suddenly realized she had uh, a talent for sales and instantly makes her into a huge corporation where she's a telemarketer. And uh, their uncle, the completely good for nothing photographer, and his wife uh, are suddenly making amazing pizzas and getting fundings and stuff. And, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the only thing I think that I sort of was, oh, okay, because she was so clever, was Heyoung suddenly uh, becoming the expert, the retrial expert, when retrials hardly ever happen in Korea. So, yeah. I'm just going to say that that pizza that the uncle and aunt created sounded disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Pumpkin or something nasty. It was like pumpkin and beef or, or something. And also, <laughs> the symbolism, okay? One of them makes a vegetarian pizza, the other one makes a non-vegetarian pizza, and they are like, you put it together, it's a perfect pizza, just like you're the perfect couple together. It's like, ugh. It's, it's very after-school special. Yeah, they could have chosen to give one pairing a less-than-perfect ending. I think it would have been less ridiculous. But at the same time, like, I'm not really mad because I watched this drama because it gave me a lot of good feelings, you know? Yeah, that's true. It it didn't bother me that much. I was like, oh, this family, oh. And then just, like, for the last, like, 30 minutes of the drama, I was just like, oh, oh. And then, like, they wrapped up with that really happy, beautiful wedding for the parents. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to miss these people. And with the the, uh, overview, I'm sorry, uh, jumping on her husband, (laughs) <laughs> you could tell that like that last scene where they're just dancing you could tell that like this cast of uh, like actors they just genuinely enjoy each other's company and they had a lot of fun making this drama and this was like, kind of like their last like oh we're not going to see each other after this and they're just like having a party yeah, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted them to hit a little harder though on the the arc of um Junhee when he was at um uh, Jun Young and Yuju's wedding at the beginning, and he felt very left out. And then by the end, you know, he was the officiator at the wedding. And even even at the even at um, Young's wedding, he was not he was not included in the sibling dance. You know, he was up there dancing, and he was watching, and he was he was more part of the family, but he still was 
not one of the siblings. I wanted them to, I don't know, somehow show like, okay, now he, you know, he's finally been fully accepted because he was, he was involved in the whole thing. Wasn't there a a moment where they were like, come and be in the picture at Hang's wedding though? Or was that, am I getting confused with somebody else's wedding? Was that parents wedding where he was included in the picture? Yeah, I'm not, I feel like there was a moment where they were like, come and join us, you know? And yeah. then they, they included him. But I just can't remember when it was. But by the end of it, when he was, like, in, in, the, in, the, in the dance and inside, in the picture, in the, in the final wedding, it was just so natural for him to be a part of the family that I don't think they needed to, you know, press on it. Yeah. Again, so, yeah. That's true. I don't know. I guess I just wanted, I wanted some sort of, Closure, maybe for Junghee, that okay, this this is it. He is one of us. Maybe not in the way we we expected at first, but mm. I don't know. Maybe they didn't really need to do it. I agree that they didn't really need to do it because they had been accepting him for a long time. I wanted to show that he felt it. Mm. Maybe because there was that heartbreaking moment at, at in the first wedding where he just felt so left out and he left the wedding. And I just, I guess I wanted to see from him that he knew. I kind of know what you mean in the sense that, like, there's that scene where his mother finds out what what they've done and, and what the real truth is about his father and all this. And she comes and she's ready to, like, you know, have this really severe confrontation with them and he stops her. And I think he's already forgiven them by that point, I think. Or he's decided that eventually he's going to forgive them. And so, like, in that conversation with his real mother, he does tell her kind of how much he loves these people and how what kind of warmth they felt. And even though he was upset and he's going to be upset, like, he wants to be connected with them still. But I don't think that he had that conversation with the Byuns or the Lees, actually, you know? Maybe I'm contradicting myself because I just said at the beginning that one of my favorite things about the show was that they didn't feel like they had to made. They didn't mm-hmm. feel like they had to show these big dramatic moments. But then, yeah. I don't know, I just, I just wanted a little something. No, I, I don't know. Not, not necessarily for story, t- not necessarily for character purposes, because I get that his character felt it, but just to tell me as a viewer that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody is fully happy and, and a fully family. Fully a family. Maybe it was partly just the, the mechanism of that legal. Um, stuff being wrapped up so close to the end where we didn't really get enough breathing space of them after that as a family, yeah. maybe to get that feeling of like going back to the normal daily life that we love so much about them in the beginning. But now with Jungi is also part of the family and Yuju is part of the family, you know, like the soccer yeah. player dude, whatever his name is, is part of the family too. Also. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It bothered me that he was not in hardly any of the final scenes. I'm just putting that out there. It bothered me when they did their big, like, all the men did their big, like, strut, go into the Jujabong together. Mm-hmm. It's all the men of the family, and all the women were doing something. They were play, doing yoga, and all the men were going to the sauna, and he, and he wasn't there. Is it maybe because, like, their relationship hasn't gotten as serious as the other ones, or? I thought so, maybe because I've read an article since then about marriage in Korea and how until you have, like, a wedding date, you're not necessarily considered one of the your new family. And at that point, Junghee and Myung were engaged. Yeah. And they had a different situation. And, 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 and you know how, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, go ahead. 
they just, yeah, they just weren't at that point yet. They were like, no, we're just, we're still dating and we're probably going in that direction, but we're not thinking about it yet. Yeah. And especially like, um, Kwai Young, or no, sorry, that's her real name. Rai Young was very, like, he was all in. He was like ready to marry her on the spot, but she was like, whoa, 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 like slow down, dude. So I think yeah. she was the one that was kind of pushing him away. And so maybe like he had this feeling of like not wanting to overstep his bounds and being careful around her family even though he was like totally ready to go to the gym the sauna with them and like be she one of so the family though yeah i really liked that scene early on when yuju is still evil and 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 he, she's treating the 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 sister's kind of crappy and jungi and they go up to jungi's room and like drink and talk about it and he's like we're going shopping <laughs> and he buys them all these amazing outfits and they that have this like movie great. star walk into the wedding yeah, that was so great. And then I also loved how you gave it to him at the end, at the parents' wedding, which you mentioned it. Yeah, and then, then it's a joke. Like, Yeah, like it, enough time has passed and they've all been through enough and Yuju has reflected on herself enough that she's yeah. like, yeah, I kind of deserve that. You know, it's okay. <laughs> that was yeah, funny. That was her, that I deserve that moment, but then also it was her, like, I also feel enough of the family that I can kind of give it back a little bit. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until that time, she had mostly just been polite to all her uh, sisters-in-law. But uh, yeah, by then she was like, "Ah, it, it's fine. I mean, I have been accepted enough that I can like poke fun at them and not piss anyone mm. off." Yeah, like I a real sister. I wanted Jungi. I wanted some some little just something like Yuju got for Jungi that he's one of us. Yeah. Maybe the Jim Jobang. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that I, the other scene that I uh, really liked was when um, Asian's character comes in and um, he has been like the oldest brother till now and then now everybody knows that he's no longer the oldest brother. Now suddenly he is, you know, uh, Mian's uh, boyfriend, I guess. So he's oh, yeah. a couple of steps down. So <laughs> now he has to figure out how to address everyone and that just hilarious. That was very that funny. <laughs> So he had to like totally figure out his place in the family all over again. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was good. <clears throat> was so and what a hard time about it. But that just showed how much they loved him, that they were giving him such a hard time about it. Yeah. Yeah, like they're secretly grinning, but on the face that they're like being so stern and mean and they're like snickering to each other about it. That was, that was funny. <laughs> Such a cute mirror scene from the beginning when he first came in and, and they all had to adjust their places in the family going down and then it was kind of like it was like their turn to make him feel yeah. the way they had felt yeah but with the also with the reversal that in the beginning they genuinely resented him and now they actually love him which was yeah. heartwarming yeah it's kind of it was a small moment and i don't even remember exactly where it happened in the show but one of my favorite moments because for me the whole show was about jungi i just loved him and his whole um everything that he went through and everything that the family coming to accept him. And there was a point back when he still thought he was a, a, an actual son of dad, because up until then, every time he had walked in the house, he always just kind of walked in and just like stopped and looked to see where everyone was mm -hmm. and just like really comfortable. And then there's one, one moment when he walks in and it's after he's moved out, I think I can't remember exactly. But he walks in and they're all sitting around waiting for dinner and they're all just like, hey, come on over. And it was just this whole, like, a completely different feel to it. Yeah. And yeah. it just, 
that gave me a real warm, fuzzy feeling at that moment. Yeah, just regardless of the whole, you know, issue of whether he's really related to them and whether he knows the secret and how guilty the parents feel, like just him going from being this like lonely actor who puts up a really brave front, but is secretly like extremely lonely and insecure. And his only friend is his turtle. And like he goes home and he like obsesses over his food because he's so like he has no one to take care of him going into this like loud, bustling, messy house and like being really uncomfortable, but at the same time, like just loving it and just loving how not lonely it feels and seeing them become a family was just really, it was lovely. It was really nice. The food thing, you mentioned the food thing because I did notice that, that at the beginning, the very first meal he ever had with the family and he was talking about, Oh, I I don't eat this or I only eat that this way or, you know, and they were all just kind of looking at him like seriously, just eat. Yeah. And later when uh, I'm trying to remember the exact scene, but, Somebody says something to him, and it's about food, and he's like, I'm not picky. I'm not a picky eater. You know, and also, it was, yeah, a, go good, ahead, it was a good thing how much they had changed him from being just, like, super picky, everything has to be exactly my way or I'm not happy, to, oh, I'm here, it's all good, you know. Yeah, and there was this also this one scene talking about food and Jungi where, like, it's his birthday, and I think if I can remember correctly, he has a specific type of breakfast that he always eats or he doesn't eat breakfast. Yes. Or there's something, but they make him that breakfast meal that they always make for all the kids. And it's like, you know, like the seaweed soup and all that. And he's like eating it. And he's like, and he's crying. you can tell he's like about to, yeah, he's crying or he's about to cry. And he's like, no one's ever made me this, you know, on my birthday before. And you're just like, I'm crying. You're crying. He's <laughs> crying. It's so good. But you can see that moment and how much it means to him. And they can also see how much it means to him. And it's just so... Even the food that he doesn't... It wasn't just that he that nobody had ever made it for him. It was that he actually doesn't like it. Yeah, he doesn't like I it. I don't... Because it's slimy. I don't like it. And they were like, just eat the soup. And so he did. And it was just like... It was a, it was his submitting to... This is what I do. This is what you do when you're part of a family. But yeah. also... Oh my God, I'm part of a family. Yeah. Like it hit him all. But that's yeah, so that, many that, That's it's exactly so nice. what I'm talking about. Like if the dad hadn't lied about being his father, then he never would have had that family experience. If, if he had grown yeah. up as a little boy whose father had just died in this freak um, accident in, in a bar, then he would have just been a little boy unhappy about, you know, his mom and of her series of husbands and he would have just been an unhappy boy that just would have grown up into probably an unhappy man which he was when he met this family it was by yeah. being part of this family that he grew into someone who self-reflected i guess and grew as a person so yeah that's true and if he didn't think that he had that blood relationship with them he wouldn't have kind of forced himself out of his comfort zone in the same way like oh my gosh I hate this, but my dad is telling me, so I'm just going to, like, try anyway, you know? That's a good point. So that was good. The, uh, there were a couple of things uh, that I wanted to talk about. The parents treating the older brother, uh, the way they were initially treating him, like, they, they tried to help him. Like, he was studying for years. All of that stuff was fine. But um, at, at certain moments, uh, it felt like the older brother was a bit ignored. Um, and I guess, uh, Hei Young and even, uh, Jung Hee were given more importance, uh, in the family. Do you think that was done deliberately or was it just a incidental? Like, it was, that was not where the 
plot was going because that was never actually dealt with like eventually he got his job and the parents were happy and that just went on that way i thought that they were going to deal with uh, jun young the older brother's feelings of inadequacy in some way but then they did nothing with it he just got his job and then went on to do a salary man's went on to live a salary man's life but i mean i i feel like they did address it if i'm not remembering I it correctly I'm trying to remember exactly that, and, and I agree. He, he went from being the only thing that gets me any respect in this family is being the eldest, mm. um, because he he was the least professionally accomplished. He hadn't done anything. He'd been studying for the for the exam for years, mm. um, but at least he had that. He had that first son status, and then mm. he suddenly didn't have that first son status. And not only that, but then all of a sudden, his father is doing all of these things with Jinhee and not spending any time with him. And, um, but there was a moment, and I'm trying to remember, there was a moment when he did sit down with his father, and it was just the two of them eating together. Yeah, and so I cried, or Junyoung, sorry, Junyoung cried, and he told his dad how he felt. Yeah. Cause I think, I don't remember what, exactly the I think his, that. he, yeah, no, I think he, first, his mom kind of, like, his, he was kind of down, and his mom noticed that he was down. And he and yeah. she asked him what was wrong, and they talked about it. And then the mom talked to the dad, and she was like, "I know you're doing all this stuff to Jungi for Jungi because you feel like he didn't get it, and you feel guilty about what what you you know have done, and you want to make it up to him. But like, just don't forget about your real son, and the fact that like he's watching and he's feeling bad. And so like, I think then the dad kind of said like, "You want to have dinner with me, or you want to have drink?" And then they sat down, and then he talked about his feelings, and then they kind of that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, the meal. I think the meal I'm remembering where he cried was with his mom. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 mean, I was happy with that. The way. By they the way, I absolutely love him. I I um I I first saw him in Drinking Solo in 2016. Was, a, was the first time I'd ever seen him in anything, and I just thought he was great. And the actor uh, who plays the oldest brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Min Jinwoon, he was in Drinking Solo. He was the he was the kind of nerdy teacher that was always doing the the impression, the bad impressions, and showing up to work dressed as different characters. <laughs> I didn't watch that show. But horrible. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him before this, but he did a really good job with his character. He was able to like do that pathetic loser while still being lovable. You know, that like he he was able to balance lovable. that really well. Yeah. Like he just was so genuine and sincere. You should you should watch Drinking Solo, but number one because he's in it and he's adorable in it. Um, but also because it explains a lot about the whole um, what it's like to study for the the civil service exam and how people dedicate years and years and years of their life to an exam that's practically impossible to to uh, to, to pass, mm-hmm. and how and how it just runs their whole life. It's it's a great show. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. Uh, it's worth add. it. For me, I'll be honest. <laughs> he's so I just love him as a person and as like a personality in general. <laughs> he's so great. You, you should watch Drinking Solo for Keith. Plus, he sings um, Drunken Confession in it, and it's incredible. Mm, I love Keith. There was that. Um, I mean, thinking about Shiny makes me sad now. But like, there was that. They they did this variety show called one fine day i think where they like all five of them just traveled all over and the camera just kind of followed them and like key was definitely the star of that he was hilarious he was in, he he was starting to become a regular in uh master key the the variety show and then they totally ruined master key and um 
and I think his uh, his last show on it was just like two days before uh, the bad thing happened, and um. then they. But they took they took everything that was great about the show and totally made it like it went to a wannabe Running Man, and then people got watching it. Mm. Pointing because I hope I was hoping he was going to be a regular because he is hilarious. He is so funny and he's so charismatic. He has got the sassiest mouth I've ever seen on anybody, and I love. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that he's probably going to take a break from TV for a while, but yeah, hopefully, yeah. whenever he does come back, you know. He'll get some good roles because he deserves them. Anyway, tangent. <laughs> no, no, it was a good tangent. You, you guys know about the uh, news bit that came out a few weeks ago about Ejun, right? Like the fake news that they were publishing. Yeah. About him trying to commit suicide and stuff. That I did not hear. Yeah. Okay. Not the they came right out and said no, that was not at all the case, and it was um, um I don't remember the exact. So things that people were saying that yeah. So what happened was that uh, some media outlet came up with this headline saying that uh, Asian had uh, tried to uh, slit his wrist and he was shifted to uh, a certain um, I, I don't know you don't call them departments. What do you call them? Some army oh, um, right. group where you know for for people who need help um, like. Like a, like who a have therapy. issues? Yeah, kind of like a therapy like a, group, like green yeah. something, and um, and then they, this got out, and without verifying this claim, uh, other media outlets picked it up and kind of spread it all over the net, and obviously his fans were super concerned. And then his agency yeah. was like, "Wait, what are you talking about? We contacted his family, nothing of the sort happened. It just oh, it, this is just complete made up stuff." And then. Um, yeah, obviously his family was distressed, and then he released a statement. He does have anxiety um, uh, disorder, but he he did not try to commit suicide, so that was completely fake. It, it just uh, the well, reason I bring it up is bipolar too. He, yeah, that's been yeah you know known for years. I think it was kind of expected that there was going to be something after because there have have been a couple of high profile suicides um, in the entertainment industry just in the last couple of months. And then because uh, Adrian has never been, he's never hidden the fact that he has, you know, some mental illness going on. Uh, and then the fact that he also just went into the military, I was actually kind of expecting, I wasn't even surprised when I heard the news about that because I thought, well, yeah, of course there's going to be something like that about him. Mm. But I also, you know, didn't, didn't really believe it was true either. But I, I found it interesting how this parallels what was actually going on in the show. Ejun did hit it bigger after this, after Father's Strange, right? Like he wasn't yeah. as big in the beginning of 2017 as he definitely was by the end of it. So suddenly he was newsworthy, and that was kind. Of, it kind of paralleled what happened in uh, the drama itself. So found that interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean the show did a good job in general, although there were some smaller things that were kind of off sometimes, but in general, they did a good job of, like, portraying actually a surprisingly varied amount of, like, societal issues, but without making it, like, preachy or boring or, like, you know, they had a lot of humor. It was very realistically done, but they made some really good, um, I guess, they had a lot of good teaching moments without actually trying to teach, you know? Yeah. I liked that. I agree. And wasn't it uh, kind of amazing how they, this this particular format of weekend drama is always very family oriented, right? So this drama was definitely about a family staying together, 
but many of the traditional values of these these kind of dramas uh, this writer took and kind of subverted like right exactly mo- most of the women for instance uh, they the choices they made were not at all what traditional uh, leads in these dramas make and they they kind of like for instance um heyang choosing to live in with uh, jangwon uh, for instance was like she 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 apologized to her parents for lying for hiding the fact but never for actually choosing to do so and i love that the drama didn't like prove her wrong the dr- drama kind of backed her up on this like the writing supported her point of view that she might have been wrong for hiding it from her parents that kind of subterfuge was just not Uh, sort of uh, uh, not in her upbringing, but on the other hand, she knew her, how her parents were going to react, and she acted exactly like most kids act, knowing how their parents would react to something that they really want to do. In uh, Heyoung's case, when she got found out, she felt guilty about it. So she was she kind of she figured she and what I liked about her was that she was not. um like she was stubborn and she was confident but not to the point where she would willing she would willingly cast away her family and kind of walk out just because her um knees were not being bent yeah. like she she would not yeah. do that she would try to explain her point of view again and again and again and i like this that they repeatedly had conversation it wasn't one decisive conversation that you know made up anybody's mind they had i think three or four conversation over the space of space of several weeks that finally convinced uh, her parents that maybe you know this was not the worst thing ever like her dad started off yeah. with oh my god what no and then he ended up with maybe this was not so such a horrible thing to happen <laughs> like, yeah and there were and it was so Ryan too <clears throat> go ahead Ryan has an interesting storyline too in regarding to marriage where she meets this guy who has never dated before and they start a relationship and he was so cute the way he was like he fought it so hard but once he was in he was in yeah. I mean he was you know he was ride or die okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, as a total aside this is like totally captive for me when you have a character like this who's so completely into the girl and even if he has like no experience he just kind of puts all his feelings out on the table and it's just uh-huh. it's super irresistible so yeah i know he could like act him. very well but i didn't care his character was just <laughs> yeah. he he was such a puppy yeah then she finds out he's actually a tribal and tribal uh-huh. like Uh, and and then the you know and then you have the typical okay the parent a rich parent finds out that their that their son is marrying that or is this into this poor girl and he brings her in and he says there will be no marriage and Ryan says yeah right <laughs> I love how she dealt with his dad that was amazing. I love that that was her response that she was like uh, yes sir absolutely I am with you on that there will be no marriage and I just thought. I just I mean she completely disarmed him and you could see how hard he tried to fight against liking her but you know he couldn't help it because she was just totally like he she didn't she didn't push back like he thought she just was like yeah, no absolutely yes sir I agree <laughs> and he just didn't know what to do with that it was so cute Yeah and and also like she was so she was kind of the immature one throughout the whole drama but then like once he insulted her parents and she wasn't like too bothered by anything he said but then she was like don't talk about my parents she's like i don't care about anything else you can, yeah. you can break us up i'm not interested in marrying your son but like don't talk about my parents and that was yeah. i was like yeah 
She's also wanted this family. And she stood up for her parents after finding out what her parents had done. And she was like really uh, sort of torn up about it, but she wouldn't tolerate anybody saying anything about her parents. So that was. Yeah. That's one of the things that. Sorry. How they could do whatever they wanted about each other, but whenever any opposition came from the outside, I mean, they totally circled up the wagons. Yeah. And, you know, and that was, that was what was so great about that family was no ma- you just knew that no matter what happened, they were always going to have each other's backs. They were always going to take each other's sides. Yeah. And I feel like also like you were t- to circle back to what you were saying about Young and how she kind of, she kind of leads the rest of her siblings and she sets a tone for everything. And her character is so consistently like both very tough and very convinced that she's right and willing to convince everyone else. But at the same time, she's so loyal that she is, she's already decided, like, she decided a long time ago, like, I'm never going to abandon my family, and I'm always going to be there for them, even if we, like, fight or whatever, but, like, she has decided. And so all of her siblings kind of look up to her, and they have also kind of taken on that same, like, you know, it's all of us against the world, no matter what, and we'll just work on our issues, but we're always going to stick together. That's, that's just the main thing I loved about that whole family, was that that, that was never any question. There was never at any point when you ever felt like anyone was in danger of not being part of the family anymore. Yeah. You it know? was really refreshing in a family drama because usually there's always like one estranged kid or like an estranged dad or some kind of <laughs> estrangement being threatened to happen. Or like one of the parents is like always like you're being disowned because you're marrying the wrong person. Like you always kind of have that hanging over everybody's heads. But you're right. There was no That's danger right. of that. I think that everything. Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to end. Just does anyone have any concluding thoughts that they'd like to share? I want this writer to write more of these family dramas. He uh, or is it she? I'm I'm not entirely sure. But uh, this particular writer, Lee um, Jung Soon, had also written Ojakio Brothers. And uh, you're all surrounded, both of which uh, I really like. So I want this person to write more of these big family dramas. So actually, um, I forgot this while I was watching it. And it is, I think it's a woman. But I had forgotten what, that one of the reasons I wanted to watch this was because it was by the Ojakyo Brothers um, writer. And I didn't really like You're All Surrounded as much, but um, there's this old daily drama from 2005 called Be Strong Gumsoon, mm-hmm. which had like, I don't know, 120 or 160 episodes. Um, they're like short, but still it was very long. But I remember I, I watched it like a few years ago and I loved it like that daily. It was a daily drama, but it was so good. And I think I wish that it was available online now. It's not, but it's like a really young um, Han Heijin, I think, and uh, Kang Jiwon and their story. And it's just the story of her like journey, and it's just so good. And it's it's the same way like it just is just such a realistic and loving and wonderful depiction of like family relationships and in law relationships and that whole dynamic. So yeah, I'm I love actually, this writer. I'm actually surprised to learn that Korea has daily dramas. I thought this this was the 16 episode thing or the 50 episode thing was what they did. Oh no, there's daily dramas that will run for like months and they come every single day, I think Monday to Friday, and it'll be like 23 episodes. What? And they tend to, they tend to air in the, I think they air in the morning, and they're stereotypically like very mukjang, they're all about like, you know, evil 
scheming mother-in-laws and like you know birth secrets and Ooh. murder and those kind of things. Okay, so that's like the Sasbo series here. Hmm. I said they're basically soap operas. Yeah, they're, they're soap operas. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're basically that that stereotype that everyone thinks of when we say we watch Korean dramas. <laughs> It's that. Really, I've never watched even even one of these. That that's so interesting. I mean, I wouldn't recommend them, but that one was really good. If you're watching Woohoo Waikiki, are either of you watching that? I gave up after one episode. I'm sorry. I was it was not for me. Okay, so it's. Of, like my favorite thing in the world right now, and um, the one character who is an actor, there's a there's a scene where he's offered. They're laughing at him because it's he's offered his first recurring role in a drama, and he's all excited about it because up until then he's always just played extras in movies, um. and so he gets this recurring role in a drama, and he's really excited about it, and everybody's really excited for him, and they're like, so what's your character? And he's like, I'm the main character's driver in a morning drama, and they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's very like it's like what housewives watch while they're ironing or like cooking dinner in the morning. So it's not they're not very highly regarded. No, they're not thought of very well. And then of course he ends up pissing off the writer and gets killed off in the first episode. So oh dear. Well, do you guys remember that um, that story about that Princess Aurora where the writer kind of like lost it and was started killing off. Everybody until um, she even killed off the main character. <laughs> she even killed off the dog. But I remember reading, uh, reading, listening to the Overlord podcast about it, and yeah. it was hilarious. I think they wrote an article about it at one time too. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. So yeah, that was a daily drama too. Very funny. <clears throat> so I think that that's a good place to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> But this was so much fun. Thank you for joining I know. us. We definitely have to do this again. So the next time you, I, really I would love to do this again. This was a lot of fun. I was nervous that I don't. Once I get talking, then I'm good. No, you were great. You had so many interesting things to share. Thank you. Barma, yeah. any thoughts? Uh, I'm so happy we did this finally. I've been wanting to talk about this drama for so long, and. Yay! I, yeah. yeah. To our to our listeners, like Parma was, she was marathoning this, <laughs> so she would text me every time she had like something to say, and like after like the next like one day she was watching like episode twenty five, and then like the next day she was like, "What happened in episode forty two? I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> What is going on?" <laughs> I find it when I had a couple of weeks where I didn't have a second drama to recap, so I had a lot of time on my hands, and I think I watched the whole thing in like two weeks. Wow. See, I watched it kind of week to week, but I enjoyed kind of watching you guys relive the experience in such a short time. Yeah. I, I did mean to say at one point that um, and we got talking and I forgot to say it, but um, that as far as uh, drama moms go, I mean, Kim Haysuk yes. is, is absolutely my favorite. She absolutely. is, ever since, I, ever since I saw her in I Hear Your Voice, Still makes me like oh, make my throat oh, yeah. yeah, she's so she's But, always so good. And she was so wonderful in um, also in Marriage Not Dating. She was the she was the rich mother in law character. But you know she really really changed by the end of that one too. She was really good in that as well. Yeah, I did not expect her character to have such an interesting uh, like development and arc. In that in that drama, I thought she was just going to be a stereotype, but yeah, she was really good. I also really like um, the one who passed away, but she plays 
the mother in Ojek Your Brothers. She was also uh-huh. very good. I think she was also the mom in like um My Name is Kim Samsoon. But yeah, she, you know, rest in peace. But uh-huh. she was she was amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of really really that's the thing that I try to tell people when I try to what I do for a living and explain it to them and they're like, Well yeah the the even the recapping part of it, but they definitely don't understand what I'm recapping. And I try to explain to them, these are not, this is not like, you see a Korean drama and they think, oh, it's just a fluffy little silly, you know, they don't, they don't expect it, them to have the depth and the talent. Yeah. That they have. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And I sometimes, yeah, when people, when I tell, I usually tell people I'm a writer and they're like, what do you write about? I'm like, Korean dramas. And they just give me that, yeah. that face <laughs> that like, <laughs> I say I'm a freelance blogger, and then mm-hmm. that, and that's the first thing I always ask about. Oh, what do you blog about? And I, it depends on how much I want to get into it, but sometimes I'll just say, oh, you know, be it television. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> also say television and movies. And you're like, yeah. it gets weird, so bear yeah. with me here. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it kind of it's also because media coverage, and and we're going to a whole other topic. But usually, when anyone covers this whole Korean drama phenomenon and how popular it is among English speaking people, they usually refer to them as South Korean soap operas. So you know. Yeah, and that's not it at all. That's what I keep telling them. But they have soap operas. That's not it. It's like a mini series. Exactly. Is how I describe it. It's like a mini series that goes on for about eight to ten weeks and tells a little story. And. Um, and then you try to describe, oh, well, I love this, though, because this, and then you're halfway through the description, and you're like, oh, my God, this sounds like the most stupid plot ever. <laughs> so what it is, like, sometimes the premises are so over the top, and, you know, like other... You go, try describing Kwayuji to anyone. Okay, so there's a monkey god. And a... <laughs> yeah. Pig god, and then there's a zombie. I mean, it's just like, you just lose people, and you're like, no, but really, it's really good. You just have to trust me on this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's not that much weirder than, like, a high school teacher who secretly has a meth lab in his wherever, but, you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I have a couple of people at my weekend job that um, actually do get recommendations from me every now and then. There's one guy that he's watched Save Me on my recommendation, and he was just like, that is one of the best things I've ever seen in my whole life. Nice. You know, and so sometimes I can get people to watch stuff. It just kind of depends. Yeah, no, that's true. I have yeah. zero interest. No, no interest whatsoever in any of it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, right now it's become a kind of a litmus test for me. If I tell you the story of a Korean drama, how seriously can you take me after that? It's kind of like, <laughs> you, know, you don't have to end up loving the drama, but if you start making faces halfway through, then I'm done with you. So. Yeah, it's true. Adversity I helps you pick your friends better. better. <laughs> Character development. My father, when I first started doing this four years ago, um, which makes me feel really old, um, and I was only doing one episode a week, like you know, like everybody does. And uh, and I was also job hunting at the time, and he kept telling me to quit doing this because it was taking up my time. And I, you know, I kept telling him it doesn't take that much time. It's not keeping me from getting a job. There's been several times over the years where he has tried to get me to quit, and now it's my primary job. <laughs> <laughs> and the weekend job that I do for, you know, because they have good insurance. Um, but my dad called me a couple of months ago and he was like, you know, I just want you to know. And if you know anything about my father, he's one of those guys that is always right. 
Um, but he called me up and he said, I, you, I just have to tell you that I'm really proud of you for not listening to me. <laughs> I'm really proud of you for taking something that was just like something that you, a little hobby thing that you did for fun and making it into a job and how much you are. He said, I'm just proud of you for doing what you love. And I thought that was really sweet of him. Yeah, that's really, yeah. Sometimes our parents kind of surprise us in like these really touching ways. And then you're like, they're my parents. Why am I surprised? They like raised me up to this point. Yeah. That's really heartwarming. I still get choked up when I think about it. She said, she said, I may not understand the things that you're passionate about. She said, but I envy you your passion. And I thought that was really very, very deep. Oh, yeah, my dad also is one of those people who like he's he's like, you know, he's an engineer, he's kind of type A. He 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 also yeah. used to tell me like, "Why are you killing yourself for this thing?" That when I first started recapping, it took me so long. He was like, "Why are you just like staying up all night?" And he's like, "This is not very important. You need to focus on like your real." And I mean, I'm starting to work more on my writing and write about more things and like try to, you know, expand it a little more and and now he sometimes he'll like read my like whatever I wrote, even if it's about like a movie or something, and he'll be like, "Oh, this is really good. I'm proud of you." And I'm like, "My dad, he doesn't normally say these things." Oh. So, <laughs> all right, thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with our next long yak. Yay! Bye. Bye. And it's Anissa again. We hope you enjoyed that very long enumeration of the many reasons we love Father is Strange. Thanks so much to Lollipip for joining us. You should definitely follow her on Twitter at LollipipKD. As always, you can find us on Twitter at a Kdrama Podcast and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your podcast procurer of choice. We'd super appreciate a review on iTunes as that helps people find us. And you can reach us via email at starsinourpocket at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye!